leadership is stables of stables of leadership is stables of stables of leadership that's right get your leadership on with us right now podcast land and welcome to the staples of leadership (laughs) finally we are here after a long thought process and creative thinking to bring to you the staples of leadership uh, which is designed to bring a fresh perspective about leadership by incorporating both of our careers and different experiences culminating in over 40 years of leadership 40 years that sounds like we're old man um it's going to bring to light both my beautiful wife's experience, we, we call her Dr. Heather S. Uh, I call her Mama. But Dr. Staples has over 20 years of experience. Very, very smart, beautiful, driven, and talented in the world of human resources and organizational leadership. And here we have the multi-talented, always entertaining, formerly Sergeant, Choice uh, Staples, who has over 20 years of experience in our military guiding um, and directing the airmen of the future. And now he is multifaceted in the civilian world, bringing organizational leadership and professional development to professionals. <laughs> professionals uh, at the company that I work in. And yes, I now have transitioned from a military setting, and she did say formerly sergeant. It kind of <laughs> hurts to hear that. Um, but again, I am former Sergeant Staples, now Choice Staples, providing facilitation, guidance, insights, and direction in both the professional and personal setting. Uh, so we're both very experienced, both very passionate about leadership. And in the goal of our podcast and the episodes that we'll bring to you each week or month, however we pan this out, uh, we'll be focused on, on leadership, and we'll also talk about management. And sometimes there's a healthy debate that people have on the differences of leadership versus management. So we're going to dive into those perspectives and those different thought processes because leadership, the concept in itself, has been around for quite some time. Um, you, you know, There's a lot of history around surrounding it in itself. So we're going to discuss different perspectives, different theories, different philosophers, different psychologists, uh, the psychology behind leadership in itself. So um, with a little bit of a flair and twist of uh, both Dr. Heather S. And Mr. Choice Staples. And so, so with that, uh, we start off by identifying leadership in itself. And we, we debated back and forth several times on how we were going to introduce this in itself. And the reality is there are hundreds, if not thousands, of different definitions that you can find that specifically speak to leadership. Uh, you could look up the Merriam Dictionary and it would indicate a position as a leader of a group and or organization. Uh, you can find in the text that my wife teaches from, which is a Peter G. Northhouse Leadership Theory and Practice, the seventh edition, and the leadership definition there is a process whereby an individual influences a group of individuals to achieve a common goal. You bring up a very good point, Troy. So the definition of leadership, there are hundreds, and we each have our own personal definition of leadership. There are 
several key themes we want to include that we heard in those two definitions. The most important, and you've said this numerous times, is influence. Leadership is the art of influencing. Would you agree with that? I would. And I, and I, in the classes that I teach, that's the definition that I, I commonly use, that you know, leadership is the art of influence. And just like Picasso or any other famous artist, uh, as they drew their renditions, these are things that they've practiced over time and it was refined throughout the years and it's something that is never perfected because, you know, the artist will continually want to improve or, or enhance uh, that painting that they drew. And just in the same fashion of leadership, it is an art. And so it's, it's a practiced process that you have to consciously think about when you're interacting and dealing with employees, with individuals, with airmen, uh, and it is an art of influence to, to get people to, to come to a common goal, to create or, or complete a certain task. The, another aspect is having a follower and a leader. So you, you cannot have a leader if there's not a follower who's willing to be led by them. So those are two key aspects. And lastly is uh, a common goal. So it, you might be a leader in a company where you have an organizational goal, but you also might be a goal of raising a child. So oftentimes when we think of leadership, we think of um, at work, but we are leaders ourselves just in our personal lives as well. So anybody who is a parent of whether it's a child or us, two very fat miniature Dotsons, uh, we are <laughs> leaders. But also if a colleague or a friend of yours calls you and asks you for an advice, that is also a leadership role. So in my aspect, a definition of leadership is very multifaceted, but includes those three key elements, influence, the follower-leader leader relationship, and a common goal. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? No, definition? no, I absolutely agree with, with that thought process in itself, that leadership is not necessarily an organizational or a workplace concept that transcends outside of the walls of a business set and that it can be utilized in any arena. Um, I think it might be a good topic for us to look to in the future because I feel very strongly about followership in itself, and that's something that uh, is a very key ingredient in that relationship, and it's learning or knowing how to be a follower. And so that's something that we could definitely dive into and develop and create another episode. Uh. Absolutely. Followership is very, it's, it's in research now. We're seeing a lot of research on followership. Um, but just studying leadership helps us be better followers too. They go hand in hand. Um, on that note, the other thing we wanted to chat about in this episode is management. So I have had my turn at some bad managers. Has anybody had a bad experience? Joyce, have you had any bad Most definitely. And this is where in the classes that I discuss, is there a difference between leaders versus managers? Um, and it's a healthy debate. And it goes back and forth with folks. And, 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 it comes, and I come to the conclusion after um, you know, a healthy amount of debate is that both are very viable, very useful, very needed aspects in itself. Um, but if you really look up definitions of management... Uh, you'll find in Merriam-Webster dic dictionary <laughs> that the management is the process of dealing with or controlling things or people. And when I looked at that, I underlined controlling. And you know, management is an aspect of controlling. Um, managers are focused on the task at hand. They're focused on their quota. They're focused on numbers. They're focused on you know the the objective in itself. And the reality is, people become secondary, and the task becomes first. Now, in a business set, that's very critical and it's very important. You want to reach objectives. You want to reach tasks 
accomplishments, uh, absolutely. Um, where, where the leader in itself is definitely more focused on people, you know, produces change in a movement, establishes directions in alignment with people's goals, inspirations, most motivations, aspirations. Uh, they are motivating and are inspiring. And so I ask the question to my classes and I say, if I had a room full of leaders, you know, where would the, the barometer be? What would the temperature be? What would the pulse be? And most people could agree that morale would be high, people would be energetic, they would be inspired, they would love their work. And then I ask, well, how much work would really get done? What do you think? Well, I think that's a really good point because we often think leadership is so wonderful. It establishes these directions. It, it's motivating. It's inspiring. And management is all about organizing, controlling, problem solving. But in certain times, that management is essential. We need management in certain aspects of an organization. Um, so we don't want to completely bash management Not at all. um it's a healthy mix between the two so i just wanted to make oh, sure no, that absolutely that out absolutely and so you know in the discussions i normally hear that with the morale would be morale would be high with a room full of leaders but we probably wouldn't attain you know the highest goals or quotas or or, or task completion or accomplishment but people would surely be happy and then absolutely. i reversed the question in itself if i had a room full of managers what would be the same pulse or temperature or barometer and, you know, people go along the lines of where, you know, morale wouldn't be necessarily in consideration. It's more of a work balance versus a work-life balance. And, and in that sense, you know, goal accomplishment would probably be high. But in the same sense, turnover rates would probably be high. Absolutely. You know, due to more focus on the work objective versus incorporating people. And, you know, their, their instances, their, their, their issues, their concerns, whatever the case may be. And so... The, the bottom line is, is as, as the doctor has said, <laughs> is that both management and leadership are very important and you need healthy doses of such. But it's understanding there's a balancing point within that, that, you know, to be a successful, you know, manager with that title or leader in that instance, it's, it's knowing when to, to turn the volume up or turn the volume down, uh, how to incorporate people as a whole into the equation and not always task or when it's time to be task focused and, you know, it's, People are, you know, not necessarily secondary, but it's that's not your main concern. It's finding that balance. And we're very fortunate to live in a society that's starting to shift toward that leadership paradigm and get going away from that uh, more structured, uh, controlling environment that we've seen in the past. So that's very motivating in itself. It is, it is. And but I will bring up another topic that we could definitely develop and discuss down the line. Is that there is what's called the great generational divide. Oh, and, my favorite topic, Tracy, you know that. <laughs> and with that being said, there, there's, you know, and, and the doctor can attest that, you know, for the first time in history, we have five generations that are working side by side simultaneously due to a, ver a variety of reasons. Um, we are there, and again, it's a discussion point down the line, but there's different philosophies, there's different motivators, there's different thought processes of the generations in itself. And you could call it the old school mentality where it was, you know, get, get work done first, have fun second, where there's a, a clash of ideas or, or concepts, feelings, if you wish, of the new style of, of, of leadership is where people uh, are more concerned about people. And it's kind of a, if some would say, a softer generation. Absolutely. And so there's differences of opinions and there's at times uh, a lot of battles between the different ways that people deal with each other be it old school versus new school. So it's something that we could definitely dive into further on 
down the line. But yes, uh, I've done a few studies. I've been through a few seminars. Uh, one with Ken Blanchard, for instance, dealing with situational leadership. And they said that the old school leadership was more of a hammer type of mindset to where they would just hammer out tasks and objectives and got things done. And, and people were not necessarily of the most concern versus leadership now where it's more of a blanket effect to where they want to make sure that people are warm and cozy and, you know, in some terms coddled. But again, it is a healthy debate and it's, it's finding the balancing point between those two styles and how you incorporate those. So again, this is, this is as we go through this episode, you know, it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's our starting off point and to all the different things that, that we can bring to life and discuss with those different experiences. Yeah, so um, at this point, I would love to share some stories of some bad experiences, or I'm sorry, some poor management experience that, that we've been exposed to. What are your thoughts on that, Tracy? You ready? Oh, I could tell stories all day long. I, ha- I want to go first. Go I have one. I have go one. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So um, early in my career in human resources, I worked in the employee records division of a financial institute, which shall we name name shall remain nameless. (laughs) However, I was literally locked in a room full of files. And my manager at the time would literally stand over top of us and watch us as we entered data into the system. Um, That was one, very stressful because we all know, uh, well, the Hawthorne effect is when people are being watched, you're more likely to make mistakes. Um, You're not typically going to be working at your best efficiencies. Um, so that was very stressful in itself. Joyce, do you have any examples of poor management experiences? <laughs> um, it, it's, it's pretty funny that you say that I have something that's extremely similar back in my military <laughs> days. Uh, I had actually just become a staff sergeant, and in the world of the military, uh, in the Air Force, that's an E-5, and I had just um, started to grow my wings in leadership and, and you know leading other airmen. Um, you do that as an E4, but more so as a sergeant, there's a lot more respect with the title in itself. But anyway, I, I did work in a certain department uh, on a beautiful island in the Pacific, uh, in Hawaii. And uh, I worked for a, a, a unique individual that we used to call Inch High Private Eye. And this gentleman was of, of a smaller stature, and so he, he did a lot of compensating due to his lack of height and stature, and his stripes definitely, you know, walked in a room before he did. You know, his rank was something that he used and he threw around because he was just a smaller gentleman, and, and then I could go on and on, but this, this particular individual would literally, as the same sense as, as, as my wife, he would stand over your shoulder, but the crazy thing about him is that he had this, this nervous twitch or tick, and, and if... And I need you to describe what I'm doing, right? So, like, <laughs> I, he was standing there and, I, and... He's puckering his lips repeatedly. It's kind of annoying, actually. Like, he wants to kiss me, but he doesn't want to kiss me. Right. So, <laughs> so if you could imagine this, this, you know, smaller stature gentleman that had this nervous twitch, and he would literally put his, his head right above your shoulder to where you could hear him breathing, and out of the corner of your eye, out of your peripheral vision, you could see his lips just puckering because of this nervous tick. And it felt as if he was going to eat my face off. <laughs> and so Hawthorne effect aside or everything else in combined, I'm trying to type. I'm trying to get stuff done. And he's standing there. And literally, that's his height. I'm sitting down. So you imagine he's standing. He's eye level with me with his height of about 4 foot 11. I hope he had gum or <laughs> 
<coughs> no, and he was a coffee drinker <coughs> at that. Excuse me. And would pucker his lips away. And, and, and it felt as if my face was going to be uh, consumed by this gentleman uh, standing mere inches from the side of my ear. And you could just hear it. And, it, and, it, and I literally, no lie, would have nightmares about this guy. <laughs> and, and so you'd see him and people would see him coming on the hall. You know, and, and people would turn away. They would go into another direction because he would stand there and, number one, talk you to death. We call them also the time jacker. He would time jack you, meaning... Oh, I know some people like that. Yeah. You, you wouldn't get away. You would, you would be caught in this lost twilight zone of, of where did my day go? And he would also chew your face off. <laughs> and, and so the funny thing is, and I know I'm talking and rambling here, um, is if you had your peers or friends and they were standing behind him and oh, yeah. you were standing in front of him... And they would stand behind him as and make gestures and they would pucker their lips and, you know, do all these things. And it was the hardest thing to keep your composure, to stop from laughing. So he would turn around and look at the other guys and he would, like, you know, stand, stand still and be like, hey, and he'd turn back at you and be like, what's, what's going on here, guys? What's, what's so funny? And they would do this and it was just the most horrible slash hilarious type of situation to where you had to deal with it. You couldn't disrespect him. But if, 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 he, if he started to laugh, he would get upset. And he wouldn't, no one would, he would, he didn't know why, but again, he had that pucker lip thing going on. It was ridiculous. Well, and I hope the people that are listening does not have to go through that experience, but unfortunately, I feel like a lot of us have. So thank you for sharing that story. That's just one. I've got hundreds, if not thousands. Again, 21 years, almost 21 years of military service. And now that I'm a civilian, I work in, in a phenomenal world. I've got a lot of, you know, good stories, great examples, also to include a bunch of horror stories. And, and be it, I'm a part of a lot of those horror stories on how I was developed, on how I was mentored, on what I mimicked and what I dis, you know, displayed and exhibited. And so I'll definitely bring to life some of the things, personal experiences of how I went south when I should have went north. And you make a really good point that most of us might see. So a lot of times, um, as you mentioned in the workforce, we have five unique generations. So very often we associate the old generations to that typical management, very controlling style. Um, but as you mentioned, that's just what they were taught. That doesn't mean that's what they want to do. They just don't know anything else. So we don't want to point out any particular generation saying good or bad because we are shifting more toward that leadership role. And I'd love to share an example of a positive um, leadership perspective. If you can think of any, I have one uh, vice president that I worked for and he was not only very motivating, but a, a, just a joy to work with. Um, and every time I would have a problem, I would go into his office and say, hey, Mr. VP, who shall remain, shall remain nameless. I keep struggling with that. Um, this is what's going on. How shall I handle this? He would always say, how do you think we should handle it? Then I would make some suggestions and he would share his input and then we'd go and implement that. That's a great example of leadership. I worked for this gentleman for over eight years and if he's listening, he knows who he is. Um, for over eight years, and, and I would still go back in a heartbeat to work for this gentleman because of how well we worked together and how motivating and just a, a pleasure to work with. Do you have any examples? Oh, absolutely. You know, in, in my experience, I've come across a handful of leaders that, that I would consider mentors, that I, I would consider people that would guide me, and I would follow them in any direction, into any situation, you know, without hesitation. And I can remember one instance with, uh, I'll just call this person Chief, 
um, <laughs> to where I, I was the type of person that would get fired up relatively easy. And fired up means is that I would get my blood pressure through the roof. I'd, I'd, I'd become very, very aggressive, very snappy. And if things weren't going exactly the way I envisioned it or I wanted to, uh, I'd get upset. And people around me felt the wrath of Sergeant Staples. And, and it was just a very unhealthy type of environment to be in. And so one day I'm, I'm having one of my little tantrum fits and I'm upset and I'm going through the roof and he's like, hey, come here. He literally, you know, grabs me by my collar. No, just literally grabs me by the collar and says, you know, sit down in my office. And he's like, what, what's, what's, you know, your, your fight of the day today? And I was going through something and it was really a funny situation where the military, the Air Force in itself was transitioning from one set of uniforms to another set of uniforms. And it's, it's, it's a long story. But I was a part of the old mentality that if you didn't iron, if you didn't starch, if you didn't shine your boots, if you didn't do all these things, then you were just a ball of chewed bubble gum. And you didn't look the part, you didn't, you know, you weren't a professional. And I had a heartache over that. I had a huge issue over that. And, and the reality was is that the Air Force in itself was making a directive change. This was something that was completely and utterly out of my control. I had no control over this whatsoever. It was... Uh, a ship that was moving forward, it had already sailed, everybody else needed to get on board, and the chief told me, and it's something I never for, forgot or forget, is that, he, he, would say, he said, Staples, don't spin your wheels over what you can't control. And I had to sit there for a second and think about it, I was like, what the hell does that even mean? He's like, don't spin your wheels over what you can't control. He goes, do you have control over this change? And I said, no, chief. He goes, can you, make it, can you, can you do anything about it at this point? And I was like, no, chief. He's like, so right now you're wasting time, energy, and oxygen, and you're going nowhere fast. So don't spin your wheels over what you can't control. And I had to go home, and I had to sit on it, and think about it, and marinate over it, and it took a while, and then I realized, you know what? There's a lot of things that are out of my control. We could even bring in locus of control. Oh, save that for another episode. Okay. That's such a good topic. But uh, that advice, that small advice, that, that five-minute conversation resonated with me, and it stuck with me until this point. And I'm at a point in my life now to where if it's out of my control, I can't get upset about it. I'm just going to be concerned with the things that are within my span of control, the things that I can influence, the differences that I can make that are within my reach, and that's what I can be concerned about. But the things that are outside, that are I, I, there's nothing that I can do, don't spin your wheels over what you can't control. And welcome to our first lesson. Thank you, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a lot of different examples. That's one of them, um, and I use it to this day. I even say it in the classes. And it's unique in the environment that I work in now. I love the position that, that, that I'm in, and that's, that's something that's due by a large part of the doctor sitting next to me here who helped me transition and provided me some really good insight. And uh, her best statement, not of all statements, but one of the best statements she used was to close your eyes and jump uh, on that moment of retirement, and I did. And now I work in an environment to where I have the opportunity to influence professionals that are now civilians. Um, from people that work in call centers all the way up through executive leaders, you know, in charge of, you know, a multi-million dollar company. And so it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's, it's, a, it's a, an honor. It's, it's, it's awesome. You know, I can't even put it into words in itself. Yeah, we are both very blessed to have the leadership roles in such amazing organizations that we do. Now, I know you have this quote, and I always get it wrong about managing and leading. What is that quote, John? And so I tell folks in classes is that I'm very passionate about both leaders and managers. And the quote goes something like, leaders lead people, 
where managers manage processes. Uh, and that's, that's true in form in itself because, again, you need them both. You know, managers are concerned with the task at hand. They manage processes. They manage objective completion. Where leaders, again, that art of influence, and they're getting people, you know, to, to, to meet those needs, those expectations. But it's through, number one, another bit of advice from Chief, and it's to at GTKYP. It's something I say in my classes. It's an acronym, GTKYP, and it stands for Get to Know Your People. Uh, which is a very, very healthy attribute that a leader should have. Uh, and, and, and people look at me sideways at times. They're like, well, what do you mean to get to know your people? And the reality is it's going to be at the level of that employee is comfortable allowing you in. You know, the more approachable you are, the more receptive you are, um, the more people are going to be open to let you into their lives, into their homes, you know, into their relationships, into their inspirations, aspirations, their motivations. And so getting to know your people is a key aspect of that leadership skill set. Which again can move into that management piece on goal accomplishment, you know, reaching certain objectives and how you can align that with people's strengths and how you can, you know, work on people's weaknesses and we can get into that discussion as well. And so that's that's the phrase. That is such a true statement out of any leadership training that you'll go through in any aspect, getting to know your people is number one. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Excellent point. Is there anything else we, we wanted to add to this very first inaugural? Oh, I can't speak. It's, it's the first one. It's the launching <laughs> point. It's okay. You know, it's, it's us getting our feet wet, uh, getting into this, this world of, of podcasting. Um, I think this is a good start for us, and it's going to be a good start for, for all of you podcast listeners out there uh, of the staples of leadership. Get it, right? The staples of leadership because <laughs> we're choice staples and doctor staples. It's kind of a corny thing, but it's our own thing. And we're going we're gonna to do with it. We're going to do with it. That's what we're working with here. Um, but it provides us that platform. It provides us that basis of foundation uh, with the discussion of leadership and management. And there's so many things that we're going to dive into uh, of the different theories, as I stated before, the different psychology behind things, different psychologists. And, and it's a, a, a unique thing because we're both very passionate about this topic in itself. We have both done a ton of research. Uh, we have both worked in that world in itself and held various positions and titles um, to where we feel very confident to speak on this. But we also can learn from your feedback on your insight. And so we have a lot of places that you can contact us. So what are some of those locations, love? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a Staples of Leadership Facebook account. Uh, make sure and check, check us out there and provide some of your stories. We'd love to, to hear from you guys. We also have Instagram Staples of Leadership. You can email us at staplesofleadership at gmail.com. So if you, we corner the market on the Staples of Leadership yes. title in itself, so you can find us in all of those different venues and formats. And your questions and insights, you know, things that you would like to, to talk about. If you have a certain uh, point of contention or a problem that you want to discuss, send us an email. Send us a, send us a quick uh, a blurb about what you're dealing with, and we can, you know, we can talk through that. Yeah, so we would love to marry that theory and the practice. So as Joyce mentioned, we have a lot of research, a lot of theory under our belts, and we have a lot of practice as well. Um, but there's nothing like hearing different stories and different examples. So we would love to hear you on any of those forums. Um, but before we leave, I wanted to just challenge you guys to create your own definition of leadership and share that with us, whether it be on Staples of Leadership on Instagram or Staples of Leadership at Facebook or email us your 
definition at staplesofleadership at gmail.com. Say that five times. I know. I already have a hard time speaking. Um, so please share, share with us your definition of leadership. We would love to hear it. I think that's great. So again, we're, we're Team Staples, uh, Dr. Heather S., <laughs> or Dr. Staples, and... Mr. Staples, Mr. Choice Staples. That's right. Not formally Sergeant. I'm still getting over it. I'm still <laughs> getting over it. I almost said that, but I was like, no. It's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's something that will always be within me. It's embedded. It's there. I, I don't get called Sergeant Staples that often, but when I do, it does send a, a chill through my my body, and, I, and, and and every time I travel to the base and I see people that recognize me, and they're like, hey, Sergeant Staples, it brings a little tear to my eye, and you know, just for, for, I know there are other service members out there that probably feel the same, and so I'd like to thank all of the other veterans that are out there for your service to our country and the things that you do, uh, you know, because without you guys, we can't do what we're doing at this moment right now. And so, with that being said, what, what? And thank you all for listening to our very first episode. Please share with your friends. Absolutely. And, and she didn't think I was going to do it. Walks like a piece at. <laughs> I threw it in there. It's okay. But uh, again, hit us up, let us know, and thank you for listening. Leadership to Stables of. Stables of. Leadership to Stables of. Stables of. Leadership, that's right, get your leadership on with us right now.